Spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And today we have a very special guest joining the show. Uh, as of recording this, he is the world leader in the 200, uh, the runner up at the Indoor National Championship at the 200 meter as well. Uh, Terrence Laird. Uh, Terrence, uh, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation. No problem. No problem. So uh, one story that I wanted to start off with, probably something you don't remember, but it definitely is yeah. uh, one that I remember pretty fondly. Uh, so yeah. we actually competed against each other uh, a few times, like two, two or three times in, in high school, my, my senior mm -hmm. year. And um, so I had prop the, the biggest blowout in my entire racing career was against you. <laughs> so okay. it was the, it was the 100 meters. And, um, I was at the time I'm like high school fast. So like yeah. 11, one, 11 flat, something like that, where for most people, you know, pretty good. And then, yeah. uh, so this was my first time racing, uh, a, like a Saturday meet, like against, against people. And it was at, it was at Coatesville where, where you were at the time. And, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm lining up on the line. I see this this little what junior lining up right next to me. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll beat him. Easy dust. Uh, I had no idea yeah. who you were at the time. I'm like, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking around. I'm feeling pretty good. Bell goes off, like set, go. I'm a you're immediately gone. I think I lost yeah. that race by like 20 meters and a hundred. I have no idea how that happened. I was uh, like, oh man, this, this dude's the real deal. I've, I've never been more humbled in my entire life than then. So it was, it was, I was like, dang, this, this kid's pretty fast, but probably yeah. a, a no nothing race for you. But I was like, dang, this was the worst blowout in my entire career. <laughs> so yeah, I, I felt, cool. I felt that, I felt that uh, kind of that same feeling, you know, my sophomore year when I first started running track, you know, at, at all times, I feel like, you know, everybody goes through some type of, some type of adversity, big, you know, like you, you know, went through or small, like I went through it. And indoor nationals so i feel like you know adversity just pushes you to be a better person on and off the track that's how i take it you know i think that's good for everybody to face a little bit of adversity oh yeah exactly like that definitely helped me push in my my, my main events which were the pole vault uh like so yeah. i wasn't originally a sprinter uh just yeah. did it a few, few times and so i was like all right uh this this helps me out a little bit going into other things because you know mm -hmm. i go from you know these dual meets doing pretty well it's like all right let me let me get home a little bit let me you know let me slow my roll there, there's some pretty yeah. fast people out here but um, so so kind of wanted to start things off here with where you started off with your career, because interestingly enough, you weren't actually you know focused on track and field for your entire you know career, which is funny to think when you're the world leader that you actually kind of got your start doing something else. I mean, yeah. So you were you start off doing doing baseball. Um, yeah. How was that? You know, your first love of you know that being your first sport, and then transitioning to track. What was that you know journey like? You know, when you were younger. So I think like just baseball was kind of the first sport I wouldn't say I was introduced to, but one of those first sports, you know, as a kid where I felt that I thrived in like football was fun, but I really didn't like that more team aspect. Like baseball is a team aspect, but it's a little bit more, you know, about me. And obviously, you know, it was just something all my friends really excelled at too. So I feel that my friends played baseball. We played baseball. We love baseball cards, watching baseball. Like everything was around kind of baseball season. So I think just, you know, me playing baseball was just something that was just, natural you know I was a switch hitter so that was very you know um 
special in my, you know, where I played because there wasn't, there wasn't, I was only switch hitter on my team. So I think, you know, just them being always being the fastest kid on my team. And, you know, I was very, you know, you would say valuable to, you know, when we played. So um, just kind of from when playing baseball, then getting to high school, then it kind of be more about like, you know, politics, you know, you have to make the cuts and everything. And then I had moved schools. So then from when I moved schools, I didn't get there in time for, you know, for tryouts. So basically there was no way I would be able to play because the baseball season already started. So with track and field, you know, you can join track, the track team at any point. You can quit at any point. You can join at any point. So I actually reached out to Coach Henry, um, and I said I was going to come move, and I wanted to join the track team. You know, I wanted to get permission, you know. I didn't want to just show up to track, you know, track practice and look stupid. So I just wanted to know what I had to do because I knew we had to have physicals, you know, in the PIAA system. Uh, you competed, you have to have a physical. So I know I need a physical. I need some type of do documentation and all that stuff. So obviously, you know, that transition from baseball to track. I knew I was always fast, but obviously, you know, baseball fast and track fast were two different things. And I felt like transitioning into track, it was difficult at first, you know, doing, you know, six 200s, eight 200s, you know, doing block starts. It was a different different uh, type of sprinting, you know, running. So I guess I had to adjust to it. But I guess um, after, you know, a couple of months, baseball was just like, you know, I, it was a thing of the past. Is, is it something that you still follow uh, very much where, you know, you started off a lot of your friends playing the sport and, you know, you, you're obviously a, a fan of it as well. Do you still yeah. follow much, much nowadays or you know, oh. think about it? Or is it kind of, you know, that's you know, all in the past a little bit. Uh, I still follow baseball very closely. Um, actually one of my best friends that we played with in high school was drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers at out of high school. And he then got traded to the Rangers. So we're still real close. Um, we're st I still keep up baseball very, I mean, I'm, that's why the sport I still love the most. I keep up close to it up the most, you know, just with, um, out of, you know, football, basketball, I still think baseball is still my favorite sport just because it's very easy to watch. And, it's, and one of the sports that I just naturally love. Um, but going forward, I don't regret the decision. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I kind of wish I had a bigger opportunity in baseball to see where I would have went, but you know, I think track and field is working out to, to my favor. What would you say was your, uh, your team that you follow the most? Uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers, more of a Brewers, man, out in uh, so, out over here in Philly. So we played um MLB the Show, um baseball game, formerly known on the PlayStation, now on the Xbox. Um, and we were playing a home run derby, and they had the guy with the most power, Prince Fielder, at the time. And I just stuck, kind of stuck with that team because my other friend, he's from we're from the Philadelphia area, so he's a Phillies friend. And my other friend, he's from the New York, New Jersey area as a kid, and he moved to you know Philadelphia area, and he is uh, a Mets fan. So I just stuck with the Brewers, and from then on and just kind of just you know stuck with him not a bad choice yeah dude had crazy power uh yeah i remember yeah. him being on the with the cover of it i you could hit home runs every, every single at bat so yeah, yeah. that choice there but um yeah so wanted to to get into into your your track career getting started um obviously you had you had some good success in in high school uh when was it that you realize okay you weren't just baseball fast like you mentioned you're you're track fast and this is something that you could do at the at the collegiate level like when were you like okay this is something that you know i want to focus in more than just practicing you know during regular meets i would think so i started running track april 2015 i guess that summer because i made the uh, junior olympic um aau junior olympic games and i just had started running track what give or take four months ago and I had ran under 22 seconds, which was very, you know, was would be coming, you know, back into the next year. I'd be the number one uh, time in the state with kids that have been running track since, you know, eight, you know, seven, six, seven, eight years old and been running track for a long time. And I feel like I was new to this and I felt that I was, you know, I had so much more to learn. You know, I just only been running track for four months. You can't learn 
everything in four months. So I felt like at that moment, um, you know, with colleges, you know, kind of giving, you know, give me looks and they're like, oh, we, we were interested in you, you know, no, no, this. So I kind of, you know, at that point, I didn't know when I was, how I was going to go to college. You know, obviously I couldn't pay for it, you know, with my financial situation. So kind of seeing that way that they're going to pay for college, I'm going to have opportunity to do this, you know, in college was right at that point, I was like, you know, my coach kind of sat down with me with like, you know, he sat down with me and said, you know, we're going to, we're going to see where we can go with this, you know, see how, how high we can go and see how far we can um, achieve, you know, being, being a sprinter. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about that with your, your secondary, you know, going into collegiate running, you had, you had gone around a, a few different places, what started with, with Penn state and then mm-hmm. and then Heinz community before now landing here with, at LSU, which, you know, you've been doing really well at for the past year or so. Um, what was that? How did that journey, um, you know, in the sport either help you in a positive way uh, or, you know, be as a learning experience um, for for you as a not just an athlete, but as a person, you know, going, you know, going in different ways? What was it that you learned from, you know, going and, and competing and, and going to different schools before you found your your now home here at, at LSU? I think it just as growth as a person, you know, starting at Penn State wasn't just wasn't I didn't really like Penn State. Um, nothing with any personnel or anybody there, just kind of the, this, the school's um, atmosphere, I would say. It just wasn't, I just didn't really like it as much anymore. And I felt that if I'm somewhere where I'm, you know, if anything I'm doing, I don't like it, I'm not going to perform well. You know, if I don't like eating vegetables, I'm not going to eat them. If I, if I don't like a certain math class, I'm not going to perform well. So I felt that if I was there, I was just always, I was just always going to be kind of not depressed, but just frustrated because I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not, I don't want to be where I want to be. So, you know, going forward, I went to Heinz and I feel like that was the best decision I've made in my entire life. Um, I've learned a lot. I've kind of learned a lot on and off the track. I've developed um, more characteristics. I kind of found out who I was as a person and and then found out who I was as a person and and strengthened my weaknesses, but also strengthened my strengths. So the things that I was struggled on, I gotten better at and the stuff stuff I was strong with already, you know, already proficient and I've made those even better. So I think just going forward, I think coming into LSU, um, I already had that mentality that I wanted to be the best I can be. And, you know, coming to LSU, you know, if you don't have that mentality, you know, Coach Benny will tell you right now, if you, if you don't want, if you're not a dog, we don't want you. You know, if you're not going to come here and compete and line it up every time and give it your all, I mean, you're just not going to fit in. And there's a lot of people that, you know, itch, itch to die to come here, but they just want to be here. They're not, they don't want to come here and be great. And I think that was one thing that's just natural for me. I just always want to always want to be the best I can be. And I think that, you know, still to this day, I still have a lot more I can accomplish. So there's just each practice each day. I'm always striving to be better and better. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that it, it's super interesting because not too long ago had, you know, sat down with, with Noah Williams, uh, you know, one of your, one of your teammates. And he, he said almost word for word, the same thing that, that you're saying right now, that you yeah. have to have that like warrior type mindset that you need to, you know, you have to want to be great in order to, you know, to be at LSU because you are yeah. such a, a premier program. I mean, yeah. what's like the, the mindset that, that you do need to have um, in order to find yourself and, and be successful to go to LSU and, and be able to perform at a top level um, to be in those conversations of national champion Olympic level athletes. Like what's that mindset you need to have to be one of those elite athletes there? I think the biggest thing is kind of being humble and being, you know, hungry, humble, hungry, healthy is my kind of three words, you know, humble is because you're LSU, right? We're, you know, we're, we get it. We're the top sprint program, one of the top sprint programs in the world, you know, NCAA level, then, you know, you're hungry. So like, 
you can't just be satisfied with, you know, a win at, you know, an invitational or something. And obviously we're, we're more about a team atmosphere. You know, our team's very good. So just because you win your race, you have to think of your teammates, that, that hunger for, you know, just kind of that, that mentality we set as a kind of a standard mentality, then just being healthy, taking care of your body, doing what you're supposed to do, you know, not, not being selfish, you know, kind of we, especially with COVID, I think sprint program, I don't think we've had anybody test positive. I mean, there's people that have test positive on the team, but I think the sprint program, sprint program, sprint program can't speak right now, um, has been very, uh, you know, been very selfless where we're putting, we're dedicating our time um, to help our teammates. So instead of me going out and going to a, a baseball game or a basketball game with potentially possibly getting COVID, we just stay indoors and, you know, do what we're supposed to do, no large gatherings, no grouping. So I think that um, just, you know, we know the task at hand is on the men's program, the women's program, um, that we're trying to win team titles. We're not just trying to be, you know, Oh, we're just not trying to get the national. We're trying to get there and dominate. I think that's the biggest thing. We're trying to get there and dominate. Everything we do, we're trying to dominate. And I think that's just kind of that mentality. You know, you come here, you work hard and practice. And, you know, just level athletes, me and Noah, I mean, Damien, I mean, everybody here can be, make nationals on our team. And then they, not say just make it, but they can compete. And if you can't come into that atmosphere and not be scared or not be scared, if you're scared to work or you're, you're kind of sitting in a corner, you're, you're shy, you're just not going to survive. You know, it's just kind of like, it's like Death Valley. You know, you're just not going to survive. Yeah, it's, uh, you have to have the, the mindset that, you know, you're, you're playing with the big dogs, so there's no backing up. Like, you got to go head into the, head into the storm because everyone else is. And so if you, if you decide to, to fall back, you're going to get left behind. I mean, was yeah. something for, for you, I guess, when, when you're at the meets, not just you, but I guess your team as a whole, um, What's like the the support that you're you're seeing from yourself and for other teammates with other other people that are competing? Like are like obviously you you mentioned you're not just in it for an individual title, you want a team title as well. You know, how yeah. are how is everybody coming together both at practice and at meets in order to reach that goal? So it's not just, you know, lip service saying we want to win it, but you know, you're actually getting after it and doing it. I think the biggest thing is just kind of just going out and just, we just don't really say much. We just say, you know, we know, like, it's more of a account, like a psychological or like a neurological accountability. I don't have to say much. I, I just know that no one's going to have to go out there and, die and do what he has to do. I'm going to go out there and do what I have to do. Our hurdlers, other sprinters, you know, Dorian, Damie, uh, Connie and all, Tyler and all those guys are going to go out there and do, you know, just because it's just kind of the expectation, just the natural expectation our coaches have of us. I mean, that's just like, there's no other way. You can't just go out there and just be scared. You know, because at the end of the day, that's not that's not the expectations we had all week at practice. That's not the expectations that the coaches have set at the team meetings and, and meetings we have. So I think just it just that's just kind of how it is. That the atmosphere is just that's just how it is. There's no really words being said. We just go, I'll be like, you know, I'll be say, good luck. You know, do your thing. And just, you know, from that on, it's just that we just do our thing. I, I don't think there's much that we're like, you know, have like sit downs and we have these like, you know, okay, man. Like I feel like it's more this accountability that we have, but it's not like with words. It's kind of like. I, we look at each other like, you know, step, you got to step your game up. And if you do, you do have a bad meet, you know, then we kind of sit down and, you know, we'll have, we'll watch film and stuff and we'll address, you know, okay, on the curve, you, you, your hips sunk a little bit, or you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't celebrate off the curve or your hips weren't high enough in set and, you, or you didn't push enough in the first 30. So there's a lot of stuff that we critique each other, but it's not like, okay, man, you just ran bad. No, you ran this because you didn't do this. Now, if you correct this, this is what happens. So it's all just kind of puzzle pieces we move around. And I think, you know, we coach each other more just because we see different things. We feel it because we're also running too. our coaches can coach us so much. But, you know, I help, you know, my teammate DeMarcus, you know, because he has trouble um, with, you know, getting his hips up. 
and set and, you know, lifting his knees properly. Now I'm saying, well, you know, try this because I sprint, you know, coaches can only say, we'll do this, but they don't actually do the motions and I'm doing the motions and it's helped him a lot. He's able to drop, you know, three tenths of a second from last week to this week's in his hundred time. So I think just kind of working with each other and everybody just kind of communicating within, within each other. And I mean, it just, we get things done. Yeah. It's, it's about, you know, doing the, the actions that you do, the actions speak louder than words. And if you're, if you as a team and a collective can show like, Hey, we're going to be accountable and not just, you know, not just talk about it like that, that can speak volumes for sure. I mean, look, looking back at this, this previous uh, indoor uh, national championship, a lot of, a lot of positives. And I'm sure on your, like a lot of, a lot of things that could, you know, could work, you know, could, could have been better. Obviously had there's what, as a team, three, I believe three national champions. Well, I guess two champions, but three uh, events on, at least on the men's side. Yeah, so it would have been four national champions, but three different events. Because yes, Javon, Javon doubled, so it's four different events, but three national champions. Yeah, okay, that's that's what it was. Um, yeah. So had a pretty pretty good competition, uh, a pretty good turnout. You know, whenever you can yeah. have a couple couple national champions, and and you came in in second yourself at the at the line by like what point point one seconds. I mean, yeah. What's something that like looking back at that race uh, before you even had started your, your indoor, your outdoor career um, or your outdoor season, what are some things that you think you, you took from that competition to be like, okay, I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to be in second. I want to be the champion. What are some things that you might've learned? Cause I mean, obviously you and bowling, that's kind of the, I guess the narrative for people like us outside of track tracker saying yeah. it's like, it's you and him. Like what are, what are some things that you looked at and you learned from that race in order to, you know, make sure that you're coming in first uh, in Eugene in uh, a few weeks here? I think just strictly ex- execution. I think just kind of just race, just my like race plan was fine. I had a race plan, but I just didn't execute. So I just think that nothing more. I don't think that I was, um, I don't think, and I'm not going to be disrespectful or, or ahead of myself. I think, I think I can beat him, you know, and I've proved it um, twice. I just think that day he executed better than me. And, you know, that was the right time where he needed to execute. Um, and if you go back two weeks before um, SECs, he didn't execute and end up getting DQ'd, and I executed my race better. So I just feel like, you know, when it comes down to when you run against, you know, high-level athletes and people that, you know, where you're kind of neck and neck, it's all about who executes more. Um, even with Von Bula, um from Florida, I mean, he's he's there too, Javon Martin. There's there, Every guy has a chance. Whoever executes better is just going to win. That's just how it is in when you get to this high level of track and field, when you get to the higher levels of track and field, it's not everybody's the same speed. It's whoever executes and whoever's really feeling the best on that day. And at that day, you know, he was feeling better and he executed better. Yeah. So going, so going forward to kind of answer your question, going forward into outdoor kind of going to, cause you're going to kind of, that's where you kind of go with the question. Just feel like it's executing better, you know, just kind of breaking down my race plan, but not just saying it, you know, kind of when you say action speed, like for the words. So I'm in my mind, I'm saying execute, 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 but then doing it, not just saying it and like, like kind of like, oh man, I could have ran better. Just doing it, executing my race, you know, each phase of my race better. And I think that's just something I've been more, um, just from outdoor to indoor to outdoor, just been more um, attention to details, been more, you know, hard on myself, trying to be not perfect, but just getting a little better each day, each day, each day. And hopefully by the time we get to, you know, out, you know, when it comes to Eugene, um, I can perfect my race. Yeah. It's, as you get better and better, your the margins of error are going to become smaller and smaller. Like mm-hmm. the amount that you can stumble in your your opening blocks 
in mm-hmm. a high school JV race is going to be a lot more than you can stumble at the national championship, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in the finals. Like it's just, it becomes so everything's so close because everyone's so good. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, recently you, you put together from the outside looking in, what was your, your best race? But I know you had mentioned a few times in interviews, you don't think it was, uh, your best race in, in the 200 running what the world lead now of, of 1981, um, yeah. Could you kind of take us to that competition and what it was that clicked and, and went well for you to, you know, drop a, a pretty massive time like that? I think just after the four by one, um, I felt good. I felt ready to run. The conditions were perfect. Um, I had a good uh, competitive field to run against. Um, so I knew that either we we're going to run really slow or we we're going to run fast. And obviously we ran fast. So I knew with Sean being on my outside from Houston, he was a 6'5", 10-1 guy. So I knew that the first 100, um, my goal was just to catch him be- before coming off the curve. You know, whatever he ran that first 100, I needed to match it. And I felt that um, I didn't. I felt that I really didn't. I mean, even people say, you know, will say, oh, you know, he, you know, he was, he was slow out the blocks. No, I wasn't slow out the blocks. I just felt that I could run the first 100 a little harder. You know, you don't want to run, you know, all out the first 100 because you're not going to have it. It's a 200-meter race, a little different indoors. So I think that running the first hundred a little better would um, a little harder would have helped more. And obviously, you know, my finish was good, but I feel like looking forward, you know, to this weekend because I would run a two hundred again, running that hundred a little bit faster, a little bit more aggressive. And obviously, you know, coming off the curve, you know, still accelerating off the curve, and then just kind of just finishing home. I still think that's always going to be the same for me every time I run the two hundred now, um, especially when I you know drop the hammer. But I think just running that first hundred, um, that's where I can really improve a lot more in my race. Yeah. So looking at the, the United, just take a look at the United States and, and the collegiate uh, 200 level. There's, there's, it's, it's pretty competitive with who, who's, who it's going to be in that 200 meter spot. Let's just say looking at the, the trials wise where you have what Norman uh, Lyles, and then there's a couple people up in the air for that, that third spot. You definitely being in the competition uh, for it mm-hmm. as well. Like, what are some things that you're you need to, you're looking to focus on and perfect in order to make sure that you're on that podium and you know you're you're checking in a plane ticket uh, to Tokyo in the next few months here? I think the biggest thing is just kind of taking it day by day. So everything I do now is going to affect me then, and everything I don't do now is going to affect me then. So if I go tomorrow and don't say I don't, uh, I just don't feel like practicing. So I'm just going to BS practice. You know, everything I do now is going to affect me. SECs, regionals, nationals, everything I don't do is going to affect me regionals, you know, hydration, you know, if I slack on hydration or, or my diet. So everything I do now, positive and negatively is going to kind of factor out into those meets. So I think, you know, if now I just have to just focus on everything I'm doing in a positive way. So everything I'm doing, make sure it's a positive and a step forward instead of a step backwards, just because at that, at that moment, you know, I'm going to run two six, eight, 11 competitive 200s. Well, 12, I have 12 competitive 200s left this season before, you know, obviously, you know, that's left. And then if you make the Olympic games, you have three more, but I have 12 competitive 200s left. So making every one of these 200s count um, and not just be kind of blowaways. Well, obviously three, three of them will be just prelims, but not making them blowaways and really executing and just getting better with each round um, not time-wise, but just execution-wise. Um, I think that's just really something I'm focused more on is just executing, executing. So then when I get 
to where I need to execute and run my perfect race, I know how to do it. And it's not nothing, you know, I'm not there panicking. It, you know, I know I can, I'm under control. And I feel like the more I'm under control, the better I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. Something that, that I think is interesting, because you, you had mentioned that you started track relatively late compared to yeah. most people that, that compete. Say, oh, yeah, I started track in, in what, 2015, and then I'm, I'm making it to national championship uh, the, like four months later. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen <laughs> like, very often. Mm-hmm. Like, most people are doing things you know, for, for a longer period of time. Do you think the fact that you had started a, a little late um, kind of helped you or, or maybe hurt you at all when it comes to not the physical aspect of it, but maybe the mental uh, aspect of, you know, making sure that you can lock in during these bigger races because maybe, you know, you started at a later time or, or what do you think it is that might have, you know, helps you focus in so that each race counts and you're not, you know, lollygagging, you know, at the line you know, mm-hmm. at a competition? I think just kind of just being new to still the track and field. I've only been, what, six years in, really five, because we didn't really compete that much last year. And um, this is probably the first season I've been fully healthy the whole year. Um, in high school, I was out most of the indoor my first junior year. Senior year, I was healthy. But senior year, I kind of just coasted because I already signed Division One scholarship. Wasn't that much competition in PA that year, so it was kind of really a runaway year. Then freshman year at Penn State, I didn't get to finish my season. Sophomore year in Juco, I got hurt indoor, and then last year, COVID. So I really, this is my first year running a full indoor-outdoor year with not being hurt, not many, missing any competitions. So I think just kind of that um, that hunger just to, to finally run in the summer, you know, because last year, you know, COVID, and the year before that, I was in Juco. So I knew I wanted to come back to college, so I didn't want to, you know, go to, go to USA's. So kind of just taking it day by day, you know, kind of I still haven't made it, never ran a USA championship outdoors. I've never ran, you know, an NCAA um outdoor national championship so kind of just new new trying to find new heights reaching new heights is what kind of just keeps me more engaged and you know and I'll see you know I'm only 22 years old I still think that I have a lot more to accomplish and achieve because I'm still new to the sport really with you know five years you know I think that some people have been running since they're eight years old and not say they're burnt out but at that age you know when you've been doing a sport for so long I feel like your growth is starting to you know your growth is is slowly slowly decreasing I feel I have so much more to grow on, you know, with any, in one, two, 400, any event I'm running. Yeah. To, when you say that out loud, that this is what you're really your fifth, sixth year for, for most athletes, that's how much, that's like the experience wise or years in the sport as like a high school senior, like yeah. you do seventh grade through high school senior, like that's about your six years and say, yeah, you're, you're six years into the sport and, and, you know, in competition for a national championship, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. So for, um, Oh, I, I had something. Yeah. So, okay. So for, for you being in the sport for a few, a few years now, who have been some of those either inspirations or, or mentors that you've had that have helped you reach your potential? Uh, just some people that you followed, whether it's in the track world or outside of the track world, that's helped you, you know, realize what your goals are and hopefully obtainably uh, reach them. I think just coaches. I don't think I've really, really uh, mentored any type of track athlete because it's really hard just because you know you have different running styles you know they're at a different level I think that's really hard. like for me it was hard I mean obviously you say both you know you watch him you're inspired but like to really like basketball I feel like or other sports it's different because okay I play basketball you know so like I'm a shooting guard Kobe Bryant you know I'm, I play his position I can be like him I can do things like him I feel like I can't do things like other people just because everybody's running style is different so I was just do really my coaches and then kind of just you know um, watching, you know, how other people are, you know, progressing, like Noah Lyles, Michael Norman, these guys that are, 
they've done it. You know, they went from, you know, high school to, you know, not going to college, you know, well, they go to college and then, you know, just slowly rising. So I feel like I can do the same thing. I feel like I can, I can achieve anything I put my mind to. So I just feel that um, there's kind of just really the coaches really motivate me and keep me engaged just because they know how fast I can run and know what I can do. So I just think just going forward, um, that was really big, bigger inspirations rather than any specific athlete. If, if you could go back uh, to Terrence Laird, sophomore, junior in high school, and share with him some advice for stuff that you know now based off of everything that you've had both on the track and off the track, what would be some, you know, some pointers or advice or things that you would give and tell yourself, you know, just getting started, um, you know, with what you know you have coming forward um, with your journey? I think just kind of those days I wanted to quit and I kind of did quit like in practice and school and times I really like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make, you know, practice too hard. Just kind of just, just push through it, you know, just kind of get through it. You know, those times of practice, you know, where we did hard workouts and I just couldn't finish the workout. Not that I, I, I could have, but I was just like, you know, it was just too much pain at that moment. I just didn't want to finish. So those days, you know, kind of, you know, getting through it, you know, get up, you know, get, you know, just get back up. You know, it's not going to kill you. You know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody that has died from running without any type of physical, you know, birth, de- birth defect or some type of um, condition. But so I just feel like, you know, just being, you know, always just kind of just, if it's hard, just keep pushing, you know, just keep, keep your head down and keep grinding. But for the most part, I think, you know, that would be the only kind of really big thing I would say. Awesome, man. And then, so for you moving forward, you mentioned you have about 12 more um, competitive 200s left. What are some, like, what are some of the, these bigger competitions? What are some things that you're focusing on? uh, Just goals for the remainder of this season, you know, uh, you know, as we move forward here. I think my biggest goal is scoring. 20 points at nationals winning the 100 200 i was scoring as much points i can for my team um winning the four by one if i had to jump on the four by four you know giving whatever i have to do to help us win so i think there's no really time nothing really um personal because i feel like personal stuff is cool but like i still team i've never won as a team you know so i think that team title is more important to me than anything else so whatever i have to do to score as many as points i can at nationals to help win under within my body you know obviously can't do every event but doing as much as I can for my team and scoring as much points as I can. I think that's just the ultimate goal rather than any time or any uh, individual accolade. Awesome. Love it. Uh, team, team first, try to try to get the, the team title. Uh, love yeah. hearing that, man. But um, thank you so much for, for taking the time here. Like really do appreciate um, hearing more about your journey in the sport and everything going on for you. Uh, where, where could people go if they wanted to, to follow more about what's going on in your world uh, as you continue here on with your season? Um, LSU track and field for sure. And then uh, at T dot M, uh, this, the number zero, uh, M M T dot M zero N E Y 98 on Instagram. Um, I pretty much try to keep, you know, I try to answer a lot of questions that people ask any tips. I try my best, you know, I'm a student athlete, so I have other things, you know, that tend to be a little bit more important, but I try to, you know, interact with people, you know, just cause at the end of the day, people are trying to get better, and I don't think that track and field is one of those sports where um, knowledge, I feel like knowledge is key. So if anybody I can try to help, I mean, I'm, I'm more than glad to do that. Oh, one more question then, just bring off of that. Yeah. What would you say would be some advice that you would give high schoolers or freshmen in college that are trying to, you know, trying to really make it big and, and really whether it's PRing at their next dual meet 
or mm -hmm. winning a gold medal. Just what would you say would be some advice that you would give sprinters that are just getting started based off of all the things that you've experienced so far uh, in your track career? I think just really trusting your coaches, um, really communicate with your coaches, you know, show to them that you really want this, right? Because you could say you want it, but then if you go to practice, you're really, you know, not really about it. You don't do it within practice. So really showing your coaches that you're serious by, you know, the workouts, um, you know, recovery, you know, stretching, you know, post, you know, practice, cool down, show that you're serious about this sport. And then just kind of just, you know, competing, you know, when you line it up against somebody, have that mentality, I'm going to do everything I possibly can win, lose, or draw. If I win, I win. If I lose, learn from it, watch film, learn from, okay, at this point he passed me and I just, you know, my form went to heck. So just learn from it and get better each day. You know, like it's not, everything's not going to happen and you no know, overnight. You're not going to be, you know, run super fast one day and then the next day run slow and then run fast again. You have to build it. It's something that's going to take time. But I think just really big thing is kind of patience. I think that's one thing. Everybody just wants to be the fastest. They just want to be fast. They want to win, win, win. But it takes time. There's hard work. There's blood, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. You have to get through to get to that, you know, being a champion. And I think that's the one people, kids, you know, I think everything now in the world is instantaneous. You don't want food, order it. You want something from Amazon, you don't order it. So I think stuff's so in instantaneous. And this is something that will never be instantaneous. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to be running uh, a 19.81 overnight, just hopping yeah. out of bed. It takes years of and years of practice. So fantastic uh, pointers there, man. But thank you, Terrence, for taking the time here. Really do appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, if you enjoyed the, the show, you like some more content, make sure you go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, also, make sure that you share the episode with a friend, uh, leave a review, like, and subscribe. Um, always really do appreciate the support. Uh, have a good one and peace. I'm not going to be able to do that.